This episode of Four Finger Discount is brought to you by Big Roddy's Rip and Rib Shack, Brisbane's home of delicious barbecue. Roddy's Rib Shack is one of Brisbane's favourite barbecue places. They serve up delicious food, not only ribs, but they do great burgers, they do veggie burgers, so they cater for all sorts. And you'll save 10% off your food and drinks bill with the code, it's a secret. Roddy's Ribs is also available for group bookings and functions. Head to bigroddysribs.com to find out more. To stop those monsters, one, two, three, here's a fresh new way that's trouble-free. It's got Paul Anka's guarantee. Guarantee void in Tennessee. Just don't look, just don't look. Except for Chubsy Ubsy over there. Sprinkles. Homer, stop looking! Don't make us poke your eyes out, Dad! Oh. Here comes something. Remember the story where newlyweds on our way to Earth Capital. No, Shazbutt. Four finger discount, dude! Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are reviewing Treehouse of Horror 6, the episode that introduced us to lousy smarch weather. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Mitch, what did you think of Treehouse of Horror 6, my this, good friend? I, this is one of my favourite Treehouse of Horrors. It's right behind... Five. Five for it's me. Exactly for me. So I know this isn't the best one, but it's my favourite. Yeah. I think it's because of the nostalgia. It's pretty close. Like, the, it, they're all... Nightmare on Everscreen Terrace is... Is it, just, is it Everscreen Terrace? Ever, sorry, Evergreen Terrace. Is, it, is yeah, just yeah. as good for me as The Shinning. I think that they're on a real par. Or, uh, Shinning is not bad. Better. It's at least as good as Nightmare Cafeteria. Yes. Yep, and yep, yep. It's the a good parody. Attack of the 50-Foot Monsters is a I great... Saw, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw, sorry. is one of my favourite episodes. And uh, is, uh, Sorry, favourite segments. Sub, sub-parody. Yeah, yeah. uh, sub, yeah, segments. Segments yeah, yeah, yeah. of A Treehouse of Horror. I'll come to why when we get to it. But, okay. And then, obviously, Homer Cubed, revolutionary and... It probably is the weakest of the three in terms of story, but Def- definitely you is, forgive yeah. it for... And and that's probably the one that puts it behind five as an overall package for me. But it was still so fucking exciting. And even looking back on it, it's kind of quaint now, but I'm still... At least I'm old enough to understand how much of a big deal it was to see a yeah. 3D rendering like that. And the water and the fish and all that sort of stuff, like... That stuff was mind blowing at the time. You gotta remember this is before Toy Story came out, I think. November ninety five, so yeah, just before it. Yeah. yeah. So like we really had not seen this sort of animation in anything yet on a no. big scale. It it felt like you know, you go to a you'd go to as an eight year old, you'd go to IBM conferences. But it felt like a computer tech company just doing a concept of what they were capable of. And it was pretty fucking exciting. The closest thing we had to three D at, in those times, was the red and blue glasses. Yeah, and which the, was the picture books, which was just lifting a two D image into three D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can just, yeah, like you said, you can appreciate the effort that we're into. Homer, is it Homer cubed? Is that what we're going to call it? Homer, 3? yeah, Homer cubed, Homer cubed. 
I think this is my favourite. I've mentioned this numerous times on the podcast before, even in, in our book, Homer's Odyssey, in the Big and Simpsons Guide, that this was the first new episode of The Simpsons I was allowed to watch. Mm-hmm. And I remember all the advertising was about the 3D episode. Yep. So when I turned it on, there was no 3D. Little Dan, it was very confused. Mm. Well, that, for me, is why I loved Attack of the 50-Foot Isors. Okay. Because all the promo was about Homer being in 3D. And yeah. this is actually probably... The entire rad was just the 3D part. It was. Like, this is, for me, the first bit of stunt... Um, promotion marketing, stunt yeah. marketing that I remember from The Simpsons because Who Shot Mr. Burns I don't put in that category that was an actual genuine event and tied into storylines and that sort of thing you didn't know yeah. yeah but this was just a gimmick like like Dan doing a live um, end to an episode recently when they had Simpsons go live for the first time oh yeah this was the first time where it's like tune in purely because we're doing something with technology that you haven't seen before but so, they did a great job of it, though. They I did. It wasn't treated like a gimmick. Yeah. But so for me, when I'm like, okay, 3D, 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 I can't wait for the 3D. And then Attack of the 54 Dinosaurs comes out. I was like, shit, this is surprisingly great. Like, because I already knew I was going to love the 3D. It didn't matter what happened. I was like, I'm going to love the 3D. Yeah. And then I got this fucking amazing story before it. And then I got a nightmare uh, on Ever... Uh, sorry, Nightmare no, on Elm Street, Elm Street yeah. parody. That I also wasn't Which expecting was because neither of those things had been promoed. Exactly. So they yeah, came out true. of the blue. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's why I look at them super fondly because I just wasn't expecting them at all. And then they were great. Yeah, true. By the way, before we get into the review, what have you been doing this past week? Because I've been away on holiday. You have been away. You're relaxing. Up. You've been relaxing. You were, you were checking out um, Roddy. Oh, yes. I've got some Big shit Roddy's for you. ribs. So you've got a hat. I've got hats. And a bib. So. Is that a bib? So this is the bib that you have to wear when you eat a big Roddy's rib. You have to rib wear shack. Well, they give them to you. And I All of it. you? Or was it, sir, you're making a scene. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give a shout out too to our friend uh, Henry and his brother Jeremy and his brother who owns the place, Big Roddy, Roderick. It's a family dig. Yes. I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy, who is, doesn't actually work at the restaurant, came to the restaurant just to meet me. Really? I felt like a celebrity. Thank you, Jeremy. Yes. It was like, I, I've never felt more famous in my so life. So like... They knew you were coming in at that time? Yes. Did you make a booking under your name or did you use a fake name? So, I told Henry I was coming in. So, Henry booked the table for me. Got yep. in there. Oh, just for you. Yes. <laughs> table for Ray. Nicola over there. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. VIPs. I got in there and um, yeah, it was just, oh, no worry guys, your food's paid for. What drinks do you want? Yep. Sydney, here's your bibs. Here's your hats. It was just, it was the oh, best. That's amazing. Guys, please give these guys support. Oh yes. Check them out. Big Roddy's Rip and Rib Shack. We've mentioned them. Many times, yes. obviously, this is the Massive, start of every episode. Big supporters of the we show. We cannot stress enough that this is not just some corporate chill saying. So that's your cap, and we've got a black and an orange cap to give away. Time for chili. Yeah, um, yeah. Like they, these aren't. It's it's not like you know Squarespace who advertise on fucking everything. These are just, and I don't even know they're a family thing. That makes me love them even more. Yes. They're just guys trying to do right and give people good food. And there's Simpsons references throughout the entire restaurant. I ate the royal sampler. You ate what? Sorry, the royal sampler. Which is a mixture of beef and pork ribs. Yeah, delightful. I actually broke my non-pork rule and ate the pork. Oh, you have to. Yes, and it was delicious. Pork is amazing. Yeah, just everything, the chips. And then Are you a convert now? No. Come home with three kilos (laughs) of bacon. Henry comes out and he goes, right, Roddy wants you to try out all the different sauces, all made in-house. Like cheeseburger sauce and stuff. So good, man. I want to get up. Actually, I am getting up there June, July. It's my mother-in-law's 50th. There you go. Roddy? We are coming. Yeah. <laughs> but Henry wants us to do a live show at the restaurant. I'd love to. We'll try to we'll try to tee that up. Because I'm sure we've got a few fans that listen in Brisbane. I reckon there are a few. And I've been pushing for a live show for a long time. Like, I've wanted a venue 
the venue's been the biggest part of it, I suppose. But like, you know, it's, it's that thing of people listen to us from fairly spread out areas in Australia, but surely we can all come together and do a, a live show, stage, drinks, that sort of thing, yeah. meet and greet, chat with the audience. Meet and greet. <laughs> it just, I, I, know, I, I know people are there to see us, but still I just feel weird doing a meet and greet. I'm not important. No, I mean, <laughs> certainly not to me or any of your friends, but to the people that listen, Dando, you are. This is how this sh- that show will go. So, Mitch, what did you think of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> that was me licking my fingers. <laughs> but it's worth it, though, because it tastes delicious. So, bigroddiesribs.com.au, check them out. And make sure if you're in the Brisbane area, go down there and check them out. Bigroddiesribs.com. So, back to Treehouse of Horror 6. Mitch, do you want to get into some trivia? Please do. What business does the Devil Billboard advertise? Uh, it's written on his chest. Real estate business. It's Red kind. Devil Realty. Yep. Yep. Um, what uh, does Professor Frink have a PhD in? This is from Homer Cubed. Uh, quantum physics? Nope. Nope. Uh, hyperbolic typology. <laughs> Nowhere near it. <laughs> what year was Lard Lad made? It's in the footprint. Oh, was it 57? 47. Oh. The only thing about that is... Wouldn't it be back to front? It should be. But purely for the gag is the right way. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah. Like your hat? I'm it's just good. discovering that my hat's a fraction my head is a fraction too big for Roddy's hat. <laughs> I've had to I've had to readjust that several times. Good, and then. it's like putting on a belt where you're getting very depressingly towards the end of the yes. holes. <laughs> to get an extender on this. Basically they're snapbacks that say big Roddy's ribs, but Roddy's in the middle of a clock and it says time for chili. Time for chili. Next question. What was the name of the advertising agency that had created the uh, Lard Lad? Uh, I don't know, but it's got Paul Anker's guarantee. What is it? It was Van Bryant and Churchill. Okay, cool. What were the parents, well, what was the parents meeting about? What were they there to discuss? The calendars. Misprinted calendars, yep. yes. What had caused the monsters, what had caused the billboards to come alive, basically? Oh, shit. Um,. As a weather report. I know, I do have it written down, but I'm not going to check. Something about a belt? Is it, is it a belt? Uh, there might have been a, a storm belt or something like that. That was, Or, or maybe it was... A, uh, anyway, uh, it was an ionic disturbance within the clouds. It was, I actually got it exactly what it is. So, it was an ionic disturbance in the vicinity of, Van Allen, of the Van Allen belt. Gotcha. To save the galaxy, <laughs> the key is in Orion's belt. Did that come through on the headphones? <laughs> it did. Good. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> what number was on Krusty's jersey in the dream? Mm, it's 47. Less, less than five. Two. Three. Okay. Lee Matthews. How many cigarette smokers can't be wrong? What, what's that? It's in the advertising agency. Oh, I don't know. What? 50 million. 50, oh, on the sign, of course. Yep. yep. And finally for me, what tool do Paddy and Summer use to get out the dead hermit crabs, not sucking them out. What tool do they use beforehand? Oh, uh, no, I don't know. I was, I was a little bit disturbed by the side of them sucking them out. A screwdriver. Gotcha. Shuck them out with the screwdriver. Yes. That's who's done for trivia? That's me done for trivia. I've got some new names, but we'll do them per segment. Do you want to do it like that? I've got three new names for oh. each segment. You yeah, okay. New names? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, before we get into that, I've got to make an announcement, don't I? You do have Something. to make an announcement. I'm sure that we've already discussed it on the Patreon exclusive, but I'm sure there are many people out there that are curious about the developments of the little the little Dando inside. Yes. Uh, I am going to be having a baby boy. Bum, ba, ba, ba. Which is pretty exciting. I wanted a boy. 
I did the sound effects myself there. Um, <laughs> that is very, very exciting. Little Baby Dando. Now, yes. you were saying before that you don't have any boy names. No. Because you went along with Nicholas Sharman, who yeah. said that you were going to have a girl. I think it's a funny story. This is the funny story I was actually going to mention on the Patreon before we get into that. My mum was on recently on a cruise. Mm. And some fortune teller came up to her and says, oh, you're glowing. Is someone in your family pregnant? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum fell for it. So, mum goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, oh, it's just, you can tell, it's radiating through you. Is, is it a relation to yours? Yeah, yeah, it's my son. Oh, I feel like he's, he's, he's definitely having a girl. He's having a girl. So, mum was adamant I was having a girl, right? Boy. And then my and then mum goes, oh, maybe someone else is pregnant. I'm like, mum, this is how, this is how these things work. Maybe someone else they is pregnant. First ask- someone somewhere in the yeah. world <laughs> is having a girl. They first ask you if someone in the family is pregnant. And then you say yes. Then they take a 50-50 fucking punt and try and yeah. get it right. And she got it wrong. That's all And the was. thing is, even if they get it wrong, you they- might not find <laughs> out for six months. <laughs> I don't know. Already paid your money. I was like, but my mum used to watch that crossing over of John Edwards' uh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I had someone you- claim to be psychic yesterday to me. Oh, um, conversation started by them wishing me a happy Chinese New Year. I was like, that's an odd thing to hear from a sixty-five-year-old white Australian lady. <laughs> <laughs> where where did this conversation happen? Oh, I'm going to ignore that. Okay. Later in the conversation, she told me that it was always great to be looking down on all creation. So I was like, are you trying to tell me that you are a god? <laughs> and then at the end dropped the the final because I'm a psychic and I was like oh. uh, and your watch tells me a lot about you it your says watch that, yeah my watch apparently tells her that I'm a very strong person she tells you your weight and that I'm very resilient my watch tells me that it's quarter past nine so <laughs> we're obviously looking at different dials on the thing but yeah so that was fun we've both had run-ins kind of with a psychic of yes late. we did a few facts about the episode now Pretty much, I'm just going to read these because the ones that are mathematical are straight over my head. But should we even go into them? The ones from Homer 3. No, I'm sure there's someone out there that understands maths. So basically... Oh, and by the way, guys, um, write in with boy suggestion, boy name suggestions. Yeah, do that. Yes. Not Rudiger. Not Rudiger, not Bart Bart, not uh, Zootroy or (laughs) Stuart. Maybe Stuart. Get back to work, Stuart. Do you have any off the top of your head? None, no. None? Okay. I don't... Yeah, probably shouldn't discuss it. Okay. Nickel and Mike get annoyed. (laughs) If you discuss actual ones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's got one of those things, yeah. is it? So if I guess the right one, is that going to be how good's well, your poker? I'm, how good's your poker face? Being completely honest, we actually haven't thought of any, but I've thought of a couple. Hoju, that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's both of them combined. Bryant. Uh, so it says here, George Clooney. The people who made George Clooney Dando. The people who made the animation were Pacific Data Images, abbreviated to PDI. They're called PDI. Elliot, yeah. you would definitely throw Elliot into the list. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Do I like the name Elliot though? You like E.T.? I do like E.T. That's all it needs. So his middle name's got to be T. Or E.T. Dando. What else? What's Hogarth. <laughs> <laughs> what's that from? Iron Giant. Oh, of course. I thought you meant, um, what's the uh, dwarf from Labyrinth? Oh. Is it Hoggett? Hoodoo? Haggett? <laughs> Something like that. Did you say hoodoo? Hoodoo. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the power of voodoo. <laughs> Who do? Uh, several background Hold jokes on. were inserted into Homecube. So the PDI animators inserted a Utah teapot, which was the first object to ever be rendered in 3D. What exactly is a Utah teapot? Want to Google that? Oh, I will. You have their laptop. I've got my phone. <laughs> oh, you can do that. Yes, you Google Utah laptop. I keep reading, and the number seven three four, which on a phone pad correspond to PDI, people that made the animation. Okay. Um, uh, throughout the background. So oh, it's literally just a teapot. Okay. From Utah? Presumably. Okay. 
Several math equations were also inserted into the background. One of the equations that appears is 178212 plus 184112 equals 192212. Stay with me. Although a false statement, it appears to be true when evaluated on a typical calculator with 10 digits of precision. If it were true, it would disprove Fermat's last theorem, which had just been proven when this episode first aired. Are you still following me? Because I'm lost and I'm reading it. Yeah, well, no, I remember seeing that and going, well, that's not true and switching off. <laughs> so I'm glad that you're filling in. I was a fool to have assumed. Yes. <laughs> Cohen generated, David X. Cohen, who wrote the segment, generated this Fermat near miss with a computer program. Other equations that appear are Euler's identity and P equals NP, which is a reference to the famous P versus NP problem and similarly contradicts the general belief that, in fact, P... I don't even know what the symbol is. It's equals with a line through it. Does it not equal. Does not equal NP. So P does not equal NP. The code 46726968B207275C6573211 is a string of hexadecimal numbers that, when interpreted as ASCII codes, decodes to Frink rules. <sighs> Do I you, keep reading this? Euler's identity, for anyone curious, relates to the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter. This is the kind of shit that appears throughout Futurama. It's just, but it's like, it's so much effort. Mm. It's almost, it's almost, it's one of those gags that it's just... It's taking the fun out of math, yeah, guys. it's taking the fun out of everything. But more... Like, you look at some of this and go, is that really real? Yeah. Or are you making that up? Yeah. Uh, the original idea was actually that Homer would visit several dimensions, including one that Bill Oakley pitched where everyone would be made out of paper cutouts, but they thought it'd be too Ooh. difficult. That would have been cool to see, though. Yeah, down in South Park. Yes. <laughs> Presumably that dimension was in Colorado. This is a nice little fact, too. So, Paul Anker, who appeared in the Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores, mm. he briefly was first mentioned by Marge in Grandpa vs. Sexual Inadequacy, and in response, he sent a letter to the show thanking them for mentioning him, just for being included, just mentioned. Cool. And because of that, they then invited him to be on the show. Nice. Nice little touch. And finally, my last fact. It was filmed on Ventura Boulevard, the final outdoor scene in, real, in the real world. Mm-hmm. And apparently David X. Cohen says that Fox were very, very like, they just did not want to do it. They were just adamant this shouldn't be done. It's going to cost too much money. It's not worth doing. Mm. They eventually agreed to let him hire a crane. And he was right in the middle of the boulevard and wasn't given a permit to stop traffic, which is why when it pans out, you can actually see traffic build right up because he just drove a crane and parked it on the road <laughs> and just held up traffic. Hilarious. But he was very disappointed with how it turned out. It's very jerky when, you, when you're watching it. For the if jokes. you're properly watching, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, it's not a proper pan it because he just didn't have enough time to do it basically yep. or money. So let's get into the full review of Trios of Horror Six. Unless there's something let's else do. you want to mention? No, no, I will. I mean, this is going to be a couple of weeks late for some people by the uh-huh. time they hear it, but I will, I, and I would like to take two seconds to say a uh, shout out and well wishes to Kevin Smith, who, oh yeah, um, as we record lucky overnight, he's super lucky to be here. Had a um. 100% blockage of the LAD artery, which is otherwise known as the Widowmaker. Um, very, very lucky to still be alive. And uh, having the fact that, you know, I've met Kevin, albeit very briefly, and have long been inspired by the way he talks. Um, just, what you know, great to know that you're still above the ground, basically. He took 20 seconds out of his night yep. just to give us a shout out. He has no idea what we are. And then was talking about us later in New Zealand, which is a very beautiful thing to have done. Did it? Oh, he did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. What a cool guy. But, um, but yeah, just just super happy to know that that did not go the way it otherwise might have. People like him, we need them around. Yeah. So send him send him your best on Twitter if you haven't already. Please. I also need to correct myself too. It wasn't David X. Cohen that directed the final thing. It was David Merkin. Gotcha. 
Uh, so the original air date was October 29th, 1995, nearly on Halloween. They were uh, the days. Yes. <laughs> when we used to gather around and actually watch Trails of Horrors as a marathon. Yeah. The catch gag was the family is hanged on nooses. And there's no uh, sort of long intro like the normal Trails of Horrors for the first five ones. No Marge intro and things like that because... The segments all ran way over time. Yeah. Because it's very convoluted stories. Can I say, actually, this is one of the few episodes that I... This probably... And Who Shot Mr. Burns is one of the few episodes that I specifically remember house, the room, the TV that I was watching it on. Like, I can pinpoint this moment in my life. Same, yeah. That's exactly where I was. I was in my... Bedroom at the TV by myself. I was so excited. Glad to watch The Simpsons for the very first yeah. time. Yeah. I was 11 Rotherham Street, Belmont, cross the road from Belmont High. I was 69. Do not go and visit that house. I no longer live there. People are starting to complain to the council. 69 Donnelly Avenue, Norlane. If you go there, I can't guarantee you'll make it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores. Judging by your response before, you haven't got a new name for it? No, um, I completely forgot that we did that. I mean, we had a week off and I forgot some of our segments. yeah. So I, th- I thought you'd try and we can whi- uh, whip up uh, three billboards just outside of whatever that movie is. Oh, three billboards out. Actually, yeah, that works. Three angry billboards outside Shelbyville, Springfield. Yep, there you go. <laughs> That'll work. I've got now. It's the line of uh, "Do not wake a sleeping giant." Mm. So I've got "Donut wake a sleeping giant" billboard. Good. Donut. I I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Homer's driving down the road, and it's pretty much... I'll donut! Yes, it's like the Vegas Strip, basically, of food, isn't it? It is, yeah. They've got, the, like, they've got the smoking cowboy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is he like, smoking a cowboy? Is it smoking? He's got a drink in his Yeah, he's, a, smoke- a, well, he's a drinking cowboy here, yeah. but he's a smoking cowboy in real life. Yep, yep, yep. Goes to the lard lads and feels he gets jibbed. I want a colossal donut, just like the one on the sign. Donuts! That's false advertising. Sorry, sir. No refunds. I paid for a colossal donut, and I'm gonna get a colossal donut. You don't scare us. Behaves the way that only a reasonable man possibly could. Comes back to steal the donut. Yes, and we hear on the radio as he's driving there the ionic disturbance that you mentioned yeah. before. Now, it was one of my um, favourite parts of Iron Man 2, and it's purely a callback to this, is when... And there's not many things that I could say are my favourite parts of Iron Man 2. But one of them is Tony Stark crashed out in the donut. <laughs> Sir! Yeah. Step out of the donut. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, I just always... Whenever I say a big donut, this episode comes back to my life. And it just it spurs that childhood yeah. joy. How chill does Homer look? Just in his underwear, stocking still on his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd, Where'd you get that? What? Get what? <laughs> <laughs> the giant donut. <laughs> I acquired it legally. You can be sure of that. Did you notice um, Lard Lad had a... Uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was the Godzilla scream when he first comes to life. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. They've all come to life. They start killing people. Hey, 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 don't scratch up your heads. Yes. Where are you going at this hour? It's just nice that Brockman's sign is the one that eats him. Yeah. Live on TV. Technical difficulties. We get Otto and the devil. Another acid flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Wiggum shoots a basketball, which is one of my favourite moments of the entire segment. Ah, oh, they're not so tough. Uh, Chief, there wasn't a monster that was the captain of the high school basketball team. Ah, uh, yeah, well, yeah, he was turning into a monster, though. Lard Lad then goes and pays a visit to Homer. The facial expression is gets me every time. On Lard Lad? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's crouched down to the Pissed door. off. It's in Flanders' house. Yes. Go knock over his house. The, Help me, Lord! The, oh, oh, Mo. Go kill Mo. <laughs> and this is a great little bait and switch here, where Marge says, just give him back his donut or end all the horror. Yeah. It doesn't. No, gets it, holds it gloriously, and then continues to bash the shit out Kicks of him. Kicks the dog. Yeah, yeah, punts the dog. <laughs> no, no, no. It's amazing how funny that is in cartoons. 
Yes, but in real life, you'd be like, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, I hate even saying hungry dogs. <laughs> missed a quick moment there, by the way, of Bart on the devil's shoulder. Oh, we skipped that, have we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Destroy the school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally gets to live out his fantasy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because it used to be robotic ants, didn't it? Robotic ants. Everything from robotic ants to... Was there another one destroying the school? Was uh, uh, I, I it was the butterfly, I tell you. Yeah, the butterfly. butterfly. <laughs> Lisa then notices the... Is this the logo, I guess you could say? Like the trademark? Yeah. On the footprint? Yeah, yeah. Did you notice in the background the hat? Like there's one that's just like a Scottish hat. No. Sort of nestled almost like a leech eating a building. No. fucking amazing. Really? Just this writhing hat. No, I didn't see that. Are, are any of them parodies of actual things besides the, the giant cowboy? I think apparently I assume the three Mr. heads. Mr. Peanut is apparently a parody of. Yeah, Mr. Peanut's a real thing. Okay, so I don't know. Mr. I like when Mr. Peanut ate people like yes. a peanut. Um, but I don't know enough about the others to know if they are for sure. Okay, well, Lisa comes up with the idea of let's go visit the people who created these things. Maybe they can figure out how to destroy them or stop them. Mm. They go there we and basically come up with the idea of advertising to beat advertising. Yes, that yeah. advertising will go away if you don't pay attention to it. Much like a Donald Trump presidential candidacy. Should it ever happen again? Yep. Morons. <laughs> I'm shitty with him this week, Dan. No, I am shitty. Uh, so the guy comes up with the idea for a jingle and he says you need Paul Anker to sing it. So they get Paul Anker. I remember as a kid having no idea who Paul Anker was. I still don't. I still have not really much idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would. I, um, I, I'll um, i be honest. Up. I thought that the song... Let's look up Paul Anker because he seems like a nice guy. Okay. He, he, he asked them... Oh, he thanked them for mentioning him. All right. While you're looking that up, the song, to me, made for a slightly disappointing resolution. It did. It was summed up too quickly. A little bit. And the, and it wasn't a good enough number. Just don't look. Just don't look. Just don't look. It's very much an advertising jingle. Just the same shit repeated over and over again. But it just didn't make for a, a bigger song, a, a more of a show tune that was a better song. And you'd be like, I, I'd have accepted that. When you've the, had Bonnerail and things yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Something, something with as much... Uh, replayability as monorail would have been fantastic but it just fell short of that uh, Paul Albert Anker who was born on 30th of July 1941 have you is a Canadian American singer songwriter and actor became famous during the late 1950s 60s and 70s over three decades pick a decade yeah I know right with hit songs like Diana Lonely Boy Put Your Head on My Shoulder and You're Having My Baby I'm a Lonely Boy was that one of his he wrote such well known music as the. he wrote the theme song for the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson okay that's a claim to fame, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And one of Tom Jones's biggest hits, he wrote "She's a Lady." Big, kind of a big deal. Tell me how "She's a Lady" goes. She's a lady, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a lady. Hmm. You don't know that song? No. Tom Jones, "She's a Lady." Look, I've seen Tom Jones in concert. He didn't play "She's a Lady." He fucking sang "She's a Lady." I'm telling <laughs> you, he sang that song. There's no way. If I went to Tom Jones and he didn't sing "She's a Lady," I'd fucking riot. Look, he sang "Delilah." He opened with a cover of Leonard Cohen's "Tower of Song," which is one of the most fucking amazing. He sang "She's a Lady." I'm telling you, he sang it. I, well, maybe. Whoa, you, ha- you have to know the song. Anyway, he sang "Green Grass of Home." Well, Paul Anker is now one piece of my heart. I love that song. <laughs> there you go, Paul. <laughs> Uh, maybe Bless you your cotton socks Maybe you'll send us a letter Thanking us for mentioning him on the podcast I highly doubt it If he's subscribed to um, Google alerts Of his own name Maybe <laughs> So what happens Just so make sure you put it in the description I will Yes And I'll tag that Paul Anker Wikipedia page Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens They sing the jingle <laughs> On the four finger discount podcast <laughs> <laughs> It's like a whole segment Mentions yeah. If page. anyone out there Is a Wikipedia admin 
Create us a page, please. Well, create us a page because we can't be bothered. But also... We're not allowed to, I don't think. You don't need to create a page for yourself. Oh, okay. So someone else needs to create a page for Four Finger Discount. That'd be nice. I'd really like that. And I would also like to start being quoted on Simpsons episodes. That's what I mean. Yeah. There are other inferior things (laughs) that'd be like, you know, on the such and such Simpsons guide. And you're like, this guy... You you can tell this guy wrote three sentences about the thing. (laughs) Fuck off his opinion and replace it with some DNM. I know. If you guys, that's your job. I would love you guys to go into the. It's episode. all volunteer work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We'll pay you in more episodes. Yeah. We'll do, we'll keep doing the show. Yeah. yeah as pay- long as I'm getting referenced on Wikipedia, pay them. I'm in happy. Payment. Yeah. So what happens? So they they sing the jingle. Most of them die except for Lard Lad White because Homer's still staring at the yes, donut. Yeah. Yeah. He eventually stops to make his poke, poke your eyes out, and then Kang and Curtis because they have to shoehorn them into every trace of horror. Yeah. 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 This is their appearance. Yeah. They did have a great outro to this episode with Kemp Brockman talking about the yeah. danger of advertising and be careful because the next ad you see might destroy your house or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. It's right before throwing to the ad break. And then Homer says, we'll be right back. For some reason, I thought this is where Kemp Brockman goes, that's, that's my, my line. line. Yeah. But what episode is that from? Uh, that's when he's on Smart Chat or Smart Line or something along those lines. Uh, might be the... He does say, we'll be right back. He says, Homer we'll the Vigilante? It, uh, that's the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Next up, we have Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. I'll let you try and think of a new name after I say my mind is Dreams Keeper Willie. Ah, yeah, that's actually a very good one. Um, I will say, you know, like it has nothing to do with it, but you know how sometimes you get an idea in your head and you can't get off that idea until you say it out loud? Smarch of the Penguins. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Got smarch. Okay, then. <laughs> that's all I could come up with. <laughs> oh, by the way, someone emailed saying that apparently you've used Hala Land twice. Use it for Radioactive Man in an episode previously. Someone's paying too much attention. Ah, no, I like it. I, like <laughs> it. <laughs> I appreciate they're paying attention. I don't remember anything I say. I'm damn sure sh- positive that you shouldn't. <laughs> what do you love most about this segment? I love the fact that Willie is just a badass, except for the end scene. I like that this is, a, for the most part, a genuinely scary segment. And it's a really close parody to what the product that they're trying to copy off. Yeah, it is. And I also really enjoy the different dream sequences. They managed to, like Martin's dream sequence is true to Martin. It's in a different, like yep. they, they kind of set up different worlds and different backgrounds for these dreams to like occur. Like green tinge on Bart's at the end. Yeah. Yeah. All of it is, uh, is very well done visually, I think, as well as the storytelling. My absolute favorite moment from the entirety of the episode occurs in this oh, segment. segment. Episode. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it's when groundskeeper Willie on flames just ever so politely takes his seat while Tom Kirk <laughs> has the floor, <laughs> complaining <laughs> about not getting the menu in advance. No, no, because I don't like the idea of Millhouse no, having yeah. two spaghetti meals in one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, hearing him scream off screen, yeah, is traumatizing. Yeah, it is. The, the poor guy's burning to death. Yeah, and, and come back to him, and he's just skeletons. He's like Doctor Manhattan from yeah. Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into the recap. So it starts off with Bart playing frisbee with his dog. Mm-hmm. Immediately, the dog dog starts talking. Like, oh, and that's odd. when yeah, you're like something's amiss. Yep, and it's like a that's lud- not Santa's little helper's accent, like a Warner Brothers cartoon, just the eyes bulging out. Yeah, and, uh, is it, you say yikes or something? Uh, holds up a sign saying wipes. Yeah, y- yipes. Yipes. Okay. Yep. yep. And then this is the first introduction to uh, Groundskeeper Willie yeah. as Freddy Krueger, dropping in a little uh, James Bond style. Nice to rake your acquaintance. I was going to say, I love the catchphrases here. My favourite one, though, is when I'm done with that, they're going to have to do a compost mortem. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I was ordering a beer at the time. Okay. <laughs> I actually watched this episode at a pub on my phone. Yeah, okay, so yeah, yeah. I have to do a compost mortem I missed. I missed one little bit. Um, that's quality. Yeah, yeah. But he, So he swipes the rakes across Bart's chest. Bart wakes up, thinks it's all a dream, but it's actually Actually blood. has yeah. Yeah, blood, some minor, minor lesions. Homer, classic here. Bart, is that you? Yes. Take out the garbage. Yeah. 
Bart then tells Lisa at school. And then he raped me across the chest. And the weirdest thing was, it was that school janitor who mysteriously disappeared. Groundskeeper Willie. Oh my God, Bart. Groundskeeper Willie was in my nightmare too. But he got me with hedge clippers. He ran his floor buffer over me. <laughs> Children, I couldn't help monitoring your conversation. There's no mystery about Willie why he simply disappeared. Now, let's have no more curiosity about this bizarre cover-up. Then they race home. I love the fact that for no reason at all, the lights are off. And it's just a light above the table just to add to the feel of the Marge telling the story mm. in the kitchen. She's cooking in the dark for whatever reason. Then, good lighting, actually. Good shading and yeah, shadowing on those character faces. Yeah, it added to the effect of it. Uh, Margin tells the story of Willie's death. Well, I don't see what this has to do with groundskeeper Willie. Yeah. It all started on the 13th hour of the 13th day of the 13th month. We were there to discuss the misprinted calendars the school had purchased. <laughs> oh, lousy smarts weather. <laughs> do not touch Willie. Good advice. Our next budget item, $12 for doorknob repair. Nay. Recharge fire extinguishers. Uh, now, this is a free service of the fire department. Nay. Nay. Ah! Help! Please help me! Willie, please. Mr. Van Houten has the floor. Uh, I, for one, would like to see the cafeteria menus in advance so parents can adjust their dinner menus accordingly. I don't like the idea of Millhouse having two spaghetti meals in one day. You'll pay for this with your children's blood! All right, how are you going to get them? Skeleton power? I'll strike where you cannot protect them! In their dreams. It's great, and I love the back and forth between... All of them just nixing items from the school budget. Yeah. Nay. Door handle report, uh, repair. Nay. Door handle falls off and you can't get out. Uh, fire, fire extinguisher. This is actually a free service. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> I noticed here, though. So, Marge starts off with, it's the 13th hour of the 13th day of the 13th month. Mm. But if you look at the clock in the classroom, it says 10 past 9 or something around 9 p.m. Mm. Which is in no way the 13th hour because I no. tried to see if it was. Unless you start counting from a different time. Unless the clock's batteries are dead. Possibly. Batteries were on the <laughs> <Yes>. agenda. <laughs> Batteries for... Nay. nay. So then it's at, back at school and they're doing a test. And Martin... I love Kabuppel here. The worse score you get, the more funding we get. So but then Martin finishes straight away. She tells him to go to sleep. He then gets killed in his dream. Mm. This is classic. A little bit of a uh, Dungeons Dragons reference here. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, that he has maximum hit points. Oh, sorry, is it a, a million hit points and maximum charisma? It's something like yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. One of those kind of games mm. anyway. Uh, so he gets killed by Willie in a dream. The the acting here is amazing. Like the, the oh, on, stream, like, like back the, to real life. Yes, yeah. I wrote down that it's an awful, awful death. Oh, terrible! And the the and the visual of him is yeah. is hilarious and terrifying mess. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the don't go into the kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just get it out of there. <laughs> That's great. Uh, the kids then try to stay awake with coffee, and Bart says he needs to go in and force Willie into a final showdown, mm. which he does. So. He goes into his dream, and as I've written here, I love the green tinge. Just really adds to the dream yeah, effect. Yeah. Willie then rocks up as a mower. Mm. It's got it's a, is it a hedge there? Is that a reference back to the shinning, the hedge maze? Maybe a, a small element of it, yeah. But anyway, so 
Bart then sees the sandbox and he thinks of the idea. Of Covers it with clippings. Turning it into sinky sand. Clever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, sinky sand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where we get the compost mortem uh, line. But then he thinks he's killed Willie so he can go back to his normal dreams of him and Krusty winning the winning Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. I love the visual here of uh, groundskeeper Willie coming up behind them. Yeah, like, yeah, They have yeah. no it's idea like what's going on. like the spider bagpipes. Yeah, and Krusty just bails, leaves him behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you would. You're on your own, kid. Yep, yep. Lisa then rocks up. And obviously, she's fallen asleep as well. I like that Lisa failed. And if I'm... Not, it's been a long time since I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street. But does that happen in one? In Someone appears in a dream where you're not expecting him to? And it's that thing of like, oh, could, shit. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, okay. It's been a long time since I've Go back and watch well. it again. Yeah. Bart and Lisa think they're going to die. Pretty much. They did. It, they pulled Kevin Smith. They're just like, well, I'm going to die. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And all of a sudden, Maggie appears and saves the day. Drops a... Dummy slash pacifier, depending yeah. on where you're from in the world, really into the back of the bagpipes. Yes. Yeah. He explodes. They rock up. Maggie's very proud of herself. Little, <laughs> yeah, puts it back in her mouth. Then the kids go out the front and it's now morning. So it's been up, they've been up mm-hmm. all night and they go out the front and they're saying, what if Grandskeeper really comes back to get us in ways we kind of imagine? Gets off the bus. Yeah. And what he left his gun on left the seat. Left his gun on the seat. Yeah, yeah. He's running after it. Loses his shoe. Oh, my oh, shoe. Oh, no. <laughs> I, but the thing is, I don't quite get the ending. So he's being killed in their dreams, and now he's a real person. Uh, well, or was it that he disappeared, but he didn't actually? Was never actually in their dreams. I don't possibly they're still in a dream. So Nightmare on Elm Street ended in those sorts of sequences yeah. a couple of times as well, where you think that it's all over. And Friday the Thirteenth was like. That I'm pretty well. sure the first one is Langton Camp. Heather Langton Camp's character Nancy gets pulled back in through the win- through a window of a door or something like that, where you think everything's all okay, and there's like this. It's a final scare. So it's kind of just making fun of that. Uh, tradition, I suppose, yeah, of yeah. the way they ended their episode, uh, the way they ended their movies. Yep. Finally, we have Homer Cubed, and I could not think of a new name for this because I just think Homer Cubed is the perfect name for it. Really, Homer Cubed is a pretty great one. Let's try something with dimension in it, maybe. If you frink too much, you will expand <laughs> your body as well as your mind. Imagine that in the TV guide. <laughs> <laughs> so, kicks off of Homer looking for somewhere to hide because Patty and Summer are coming over. My favorite part about this little clip is the dog and cat hiding under the under the rug. rug. Yeah, that's so good because yeah. the rug's dead flat. <laughs> Homer getting under, you're like, well, that's a stupid idea. You'll be seen, but then there's already something <laughs> under there, and they are staking their territory. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, Second only to Bart and Lisa being caught in the closet. Uh, May I take your coat? <laughs> I would also like to take your coat. <laughs> they use the same gag here in the twice in the same line. So Homer says, well, not in the same line, but very close to each other. So Homer says, uh, I never looked behind this. Watch him call it case before. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, it's like that show. It's like that Twilighty show about that zone. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. And correct in both cases and stupid in both yeah, yeah. cases. That's how that both, works. Both funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both worth being in there. Patty and Summer then arrive and they, they catch Bart and Lisa, as you just said. Then they want to show them all the shells they got from their trip to... That's going to be one of my trivia questions, actually. Where do they, oh, go, okay. where they go to? Um, Acapulco. Sulphur Bay. Okay. Uh, so, oh, God, that'd be horrific. Yes. <laughs> and they're going to help them get all, get out all the dead hermit crabs. Homer decides to take a risk in going into the mystery wall. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the scene where... Or the, the, the visual of Homer going from cartoon into 3D mm. was painstakingly difficult. But Bill Oakley wanted it to look... Exactly Real. how he wanted it, and I think he nailed it. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. He called it the money shot, apparently, in the commentary. Okay, cool. Um, you know what this made me think of, by the way? And I could 
do it now or I could save it till later. But I was thinking of um, to try to get yourself into the head. Because what I love is that Dan is genuinely terrified in that third dimension because he doesn't understand Homer shit. Or Dan? Dan's acting through oh, Dan's Homer. Acting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, true. Yep. So Homer is terrified. He doesn't understand what's going on. And um, the same way you or I would be were we to somehow find our way into a world where there is a fourth dimension or a fifth dimension or whatever it might be. Like uh, Interstellar. Like Interstellar, where he's in the Tesseract, mm. yeah. So, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about this thing a little while back that I thought was one of the most mind-blowing ways to try to... Because you sit there and you think, well, how could there be another dimension? Because our reality is all that we know. Yeah. So, picture an ant. You've got an ant that exists in a two-dimensional plane that's on a piece of paper. You draw a square around that ant. It's a two-dimensional ant, two-dimensional square. The ant can't get past that square. So, the ant is trapped inside that box. Now, you or I, we look at that and go, just step over the line. But to the ant, he's like, well, what is over? I don't know what over is. I can't, like, over doesn't exist in my world. Um, And that's kind of, you then, like, if you took that to the next thing, so say you've got an ant in a cube, or you are you and I are in a cube to a dimension or to a being from a higher plane, we're stuck in that cube trying to get out. The being would be looking at it, going, "Just get step out of the through. Cube, step through the cube," and we're going, well, "What is through? I can't do that." So that was a little bit of science shit that just blew my mind, and it um, cool. felt very apt for this episode. Was that where did you see that? What was it on? That was, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson just chatting on his podcast uh, okay. some time ago. You love that guy, don't you? I do. We mentioned him several times on the podcast. He has a very good way of giving you just the basics of super complex um, theories in a way that any layperson can understand. Science He's, for dummies, basically. Not so much dummies, dummies, but close. Yeah, yeah. Um, science for people that are interested, but maybe don't have an IQ of 160. Um, his series Cosmos is fucking fantastic. I'd highly I've recommend heard that. Yeah, anyone that watch that. I think it is now, actually, yeah. Now, the rest of this segment is basically just Homer trapped in the world and everyone in the real world trying to think of ways to help him get out, but yeah. they are helpless. Patty and Summer realise they can suck out the crabs. I like the little like sores on her face yeah, after yeah. she sucks it out. I'm somewhere where I don't know where I am. Do you see towels? If you see towels, you're probably in the linen closet again. Just a second. No, it's a place I've never been before. <clears throat> the shower. <laughs> hey! I'm going to call Ned. He's got a ladder. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that'll help. And then it cuts to Ned on the on ladder. On the ladder. Yes. <laughs> well, what was it? As the tree said to the logger, I'm stumped. Yes. Homer's then just walking around in dimension. This gag here. Now, I, I, I see this as a meta gag that they're saying, well, Homer says, I feel like I'm wasting a fortune just standing here. Yeah. Is that the fact that this animation cost a fortune? Would have cost millions. And him just standing. Oh, the equivalent of. Yeah. It's so like... How in the Avengers, when they have, as Captain America Civil War or Michael Douglas in Ant-Man, when they have that text that they use these days to map a younger version of the actor's face onto the actor, that you only see that in movies for maybe 30 seconds. Owned by Disney. Maybe a minute (laughs) at most, because it's super expensive. Is it really? Yeah, the amount of computer processing power that that takes, like you can't do it very long. Like the original Transformers. All of the, like, it's all done in super close-up and the actual shots of the Transformers transforming were relatively few and far between because it's like 50 hours worth of computing really? power okay. per fucking frame. Really? So, yes. And that would have been, you know, whatever that is now, take that back to the mid-90s. And that's, yeah. that's the equivalent computer that they so needed Just stand there scratching himself, burping. Yeah. That's so much funny now because as a kid, that gag was straight over my head. I'm yeah. watching, I'm like, oh, 
Ah, I see what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then he throws. Oh, it gets the cone gets him in yeah. the ass. Oh, I like the way the comb it. is set up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Rattles past and then just gets that little bit louder. Yeah. And bang. It's similar to when um, Marge comes into shot. Lisa the vegetarian. Mm. You don't win friends with salad. You can't hear. Yeah, her, yeah. yeah. She's just there. But uh, so he throws the cone and that doesn't go down well, does it? <laughs> no. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. The townspeople then all over to help. You got Lovejoy, Hibbert, Frank, and Wiggum. And he asks, anyone seen that movie, Tron? I love the drive-by to Tron. Yeah. This is your physician, Dr. Julius Hibbert. Can you tell us what it's like in there? Um, it's like, uh, did anyone see the movie Tron? No. 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 Yes. I mean, I mean no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so true. And yet, they were shocked when Tron 2... Didn't do well at the box office. But it's not, this isn't about the first the re-release. No, I know. But I mean, like that, it was already a joke that no yes. one watched the first Tron. <laughs> yeah. Just like this year. When oh, people, you mean the re-release Tron? Or the, se- or the sequel, the to, sequel the to Tron? The, the sequel, sequel to Tron that no one saw because no one saw the first one. Just like when the sequel to Blade Runner came out and tanked at the box office because no one saw Blade Runner at the movies. Is that the one that came out recently, 2049? Yeah. See, I still haven't seen it. That's oh, great. It's really, really good. It just lost money. I um I watched the original Blade Runner for the first time about six months ago. To be honest, I don't see what everyone's raving about. Like it's a it's a it's fine, but I, don't I reckon know. it's a movie that improves on multiple viewings. Possibly, yeah. Because I, I was a bit the same. I was like, first time, I was like, okay. I think I built it up so much, I was expecting more. Yeah, but yeah. you go back and watch it a few times, and you can get a bit deeper into it. Okay, it's layered. Yeah, but you said the new one's good. Good watching. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed the time. new one. Yeah, I heard it's really long though. It is long. But, you know, that's fine. Some, mov- s- some movies are. Have you seen Black Panther yet? Yeah. Is that worth seeing? Yes. Fuck yes. Yeah? Really good. Yep. But anyway, back to the episode. So, Frank then draws the cube. I've mentioned before, taught me how to draw a 3D cube. That's actually what I think I'm going to get tattooed. Homer's the- little scribble in the... Homer's head inside it? In yep. the cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's something to me. You know, it's something to me. You know what I've been thinking of getting? So, I had two ideas for a tattoo. One of them was going to be... Uh, is it when Homer's reading Marketing for Dummies? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to have that, but have him reading our book. That was one idea, but I thought too self-indulgent. Yeah. Don't want to do that. So then I was actually thinking that um, a couple of years ago when Matt Schofield was doing the Inktober tattoos, the Iron Giant Simpsons yeah. mashup. I love the AT one. Yeah. That's something that I am strongly considering. He should definitely do that again this year because they were fantastic. They were amazing. Yeah. There was another one that was but I mean, there's oh, a lot of work. Fiction, there's a lot of work in that. He should definitely spend five or six hours a day just to throw something away on Twitter. So I can share it on my page and get likes for it. <laughs> uh, so Frank draws the cube and explains. He, Frank pretty much maps out to the dummies yep. what's happened right now. Yeah. Uh, pretty much says there's nothing we can really do about it. The dimension then starts falling apart. Homer says, I really should have read that chair by that wheelchair, read that book by that wheelchair, wheelchair guy, guy, Stephen Hawking. Uh, then grandpa, that's where we get the ad break. So basically, after that happens, his head gets sucked down. Yep. He starts running away. I remember that's where the ad break ad break happened on Channel Ten okay. back in the day. Because when we come back, I remember when I taped it, I missed about thirty seconds. So I was like, "Why is Grandpa there in a fucking <laughs> in a diving suit? In a diving suit? And I never knew. Just why. need four strong men to uh, what was it to work the yeah. whatever. And there's no reason. He just rocked up wearing it. Yeah, I remember as a kid, I'd, I it took me ages to find out why was he wearing that. Yeah. But then yeah, it turns out he just rocked up wearing it to help Homer. But then goes in to save Homer and. Nice little cool visual again going through. Now, apparently, the is it PDI, the ones that did mm. the animation, they got a um, an action figure of Bart to figure out how to do his head. Yeah, the right. Spark the top of the head. Okay. Yeah, so cool. he's an old school Bart action figure. Yeah, the old ones with the... Yeah. I've got one here somewhere. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So Real weapons. Yeah, they are. They're very pointy. <clears throat> so Bart goes in and there's no way he can help Homer. Homer's on the other side of the dimension. It's a very small dimension, this one, isn't it? 
It is, actually. Yeah, he doesn't have far to run before no. it all collapses on itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just tells... Well, pretty much he just says to him, you just have to kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you have to jump. Piece of cake jumps in. What happened? Well, we hit a little snag when the universe sort of collapsed on itself. But Dad seemed cautiously optimistic. Be strong, Marge. I'm sure he's gone to a better place. I know it's non-canon, but this is a genuinely awful thing that's happened here. Yeah, They're forever separated she's, from Homer. Yeah, and she's lost her husband. Yeah. So he's gone to a better place. They've lost their income as well. Homer's lost his family. He's in a world he doesn't understand. They will not be eating it's lobster a, for dinner anymore. It's a dark ending. It is. Yeah, it is. quite. Well, he, at least for him, he ends up in an erotic cakes. So that's true. That lightens he ends up in a better place. But yeah. uh, Dan's acting here, though. Like yeah. He's just scared. It, for its time, this looks great. It does. It holds up today. Like, I get really impressed whenever this shit happens. Like, I go back and watch, for me, the quintessential one is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. And that's still, largely... That, that was still cartoon, though. It was still cartoon, but I mean, just animated up against real life. Space Jam? Yeah, Space Jam, good. But what lets Space Jam down is that no one is as good as Bob Hoskins as acting to something that isn't there. Mm. You have a look... Whenever this happens, you can look at actors' eye lines and they're always looking through the subject. Yeah. Bob, somehow, fucked if I know how he was able to do this, always looks like he is looking exactly at Roger. At Roger, yeah. It's incredible. Even, even the people when Homer's walking down the street, some of them will turn their heads a little, little bit too early. Yeah. But you can forgive them. I mean, yeah. obviously, as David Merkin didn't have enough time because Fox didn't want to pay yeah. him any money. Ooh, this is the worst place yet. Great ending. Great it segment. Is. Great overall episode of Trials of Horror. It is my favourite Trials of Horror. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? I learned... Well, you learned how to draw a cube. I won't steal that. Uh, I learned that advertising is the only thing powerful enough to stop advertising. That's true. I learned that I really need to read that book by that wheelchair guy. Yeah. I love you! We asked our patrons, Dando, to name some of their favourite episodes. We did. Uh, sorry, their favourite episodes. Some of their favourite moments from the episode. Just, just what, what memories this episode sparks for them. Yeah. That's obviously in the exclusive Four Finger Discount Patreon Facebook group that you only get access to if you're a $5 plus patron. Thanks to all the new patrons that signed up this week. Yep. We appreciate your support. Uh, Mika Lowe, or Micah Lowe, I can never really tell which way that's supposed this to go. Was a cool, I, think I can say Mika. I, this was a really cool comment. Every year when I was young, my friends and I would all watch this episode, Another Treehouse of Horrors, together every Halloween. We were terrified of Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace and actually created a rumour at school inspired by that segment about a teacher who died at our school and kept appearing in our dreams, which the other kids believe for some period of time. Always nice to spread rumours about the dead. <laughs> <laughs> David Nayo says, Everybody in my computer class in high school started printing pictures of 3D Homer, and the teacher got very angry as we were killing all the toner cartridges. Because <laughs> back in 1995, that's a lot of printing. That's a lot of toner. Yeah. Uh, next time we fall asleep, we could all die. Welcome to my world. That's from Nagel Asarob. 
And uh, <laughs> Johannes La House just underneath that. Here is an ordinary square. Whoa, whoa, slow down, Egghead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, outside of that, mostly things that we've uh, already mentioned. Just that facial expression. The facial expression is You've pretty great. Oh, Sean Lachlan says here, I remember being genuinely terrified by Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, similar to you. Well, not yep. you weren't terrified, but it was scary. After all the hype on Channel 10 for Home of 3D, I tuned in excited for the revolutionary TV that was going to occur. Then I ended up worried that Willie would attack me in my dreams. Also, lousy smart weather is one of my favorite quotes ever to use in real life. It's true. A lot of people use it when it's cold, lousy smart weather. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I do drop that out a lot, yep. um, just around myself. Joseph O'Hara says that the 3D Homer in the real world blew his mind as a child. Yeah. Like I said, it, it was... Tech, it was revolutionary. It was tech time. that had not been seen yep, before. definitely. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Mailbag time. What do we got this week, Mitch? Ah, uh, Dando, we're doing my favourite tactic, which is to not have read the emails beforehand. Oh, no. Uh, this is Brian Ressler. Hi, oh, this is Brian no. writing from Dayton, Ohio. Once briefly featured in season 15. Catch him if you can, being hit by a tornado. It's also him or Dayton, Ohio? Uh... I believe him. He oh. was hit by a tornado. Uh, Dayton, Ohio is also the birthplace of Nancy Cartwright. Well, there you go. That's what we learned this week. Uh, it was Brian that had pointed out that I use Ha Ha Land twice, by the way. Now, what he wanted to uh, comment on, this is actually expanding on a theory that you'd mentioned, uh, not a theory, I guess it was behind the scenes thing, about the, sh- the writers originally wanting Barney to have killed Mr. Burns. So what he was saying is, do you think that they eventually got their way on this when they had Barney sober up and remain sober for several years before relapsing? Let's see what episode that was, because that was something that Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein wanted to do. Yeah, okay. Um, As Brian's saying, it could be entirely unrelated, but he's saying that it was pretty jarring at the time because nothing ever changes in the Simpsons universe, outside, of course, of Lisa becoming vegetarian and uh, Smithers becoming white. There are a few different things, but for the most part... Could that have been a way where they were just sick of writing Barney the way he was and rather than write him out of the episode, just completely changed the character? Well, it was in season 11, so it was post-Bill and Josh, but Mike Scully was the guy who took over straight after them, so maybe it was an idea that they handballed onto him? Yeah. I think if you were working for a long time on a show, you would eventually get sick of it. Or you'd have looked, even if you came new to a show, you'd be like, well, they've done everything possible with this character, so if I'm going to have to write for him, the only way I can is to pitch that he goes in a different direction. Yeah. I remember watching it thinking, I, I don't know, I didn't like the change. I can appreciate the change now, but at the time I remember not liking it. Because mm. it just, Moe's never felt the same without Barney there. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Jeremy George has written in, uh, said, we were half talking the other day about sequels that were better than the original. Yeah. He wanted to take that a step further and say trilogies where the third is better than the second. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. (laughs) (laughs) Dark Knight Rises. (laughs) Um, So he was saying that he thinks Thor Ragnarok is the best of the three and easily better than the second. Thor Ragnarok is certainly easily. I've heard it's great, yeah. Easily better than the second. It's it's more... It's hard to judge it's better than the first. Yeah, it's very broadly funny. Uh, So some of his suggestions... Iron Man, he said. I have to say that slightly like Rev- Revelyn Lovejoy. Uh, yes, more the, like Wiggum though. The third shits Iron all. Iron Man. The third shits all over. Uh, okay, um, we'll go on the road. Iron Man. No, no. I, I'm not. Deep. I'm not wearing my headphones, so I can't do Lovejoy's voice <laughs> if I can't hear myself do it. Why don't you look at these cards? And it's, it's an, channel no, it. it's just an annoying little thing that I can't. I can't do it if I can't hear myself. Anyway, um. 
Die Hard? He's saying that Die Hard with a Vengeance better than Die Harder? I'm not entirely sure that I want to agree with that, but I'm willing Didn't to have... take it. Lethal Weapon? No. No. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I love you and thank you for writing in, but no way in hell is Lethal Weapon 3 better than Lethal Weapon 2. Or 1 or 4. They've got 5, haven't they? Or was it 4? Stopped at 4. Stopped at 4. Because there was one within the last 5 years, wasn't there? Or the last 10 years? Wasn't there at Lethal Weapon 4? Lethal Weapon 4 had Jet Lee. How long ago was that? Uh, a while. Okay, maybe I just thought it was more recent. Anyway, continue. Um, continue your rant about Lethal Weapon 3. Blade 3 better than Blade 2? Can't yeah. comment because I haven't seen Blade 2. Blade, that's, got, that's the one that's got Triple H in it. <laughs> and the vampire. <laughs> Uh, and he's plumping for the Hangover Three over the Hangover Two. Didn't so, so third one's better than the second, not the yeah. first. Yeah, okay. it doesn't necessarily okay. have to be better than the first; just be better than the second. But I'm still not accepting that Lethal Weapon Three is better than <laughs> the diplomatic immunity of Lethal Weapon Two. You're not happy, are you? Lethal Weapon Two is one of my favorite action movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's spawned three sequels, and the third one, or the fourth one, I should say. Mm. It was in uh, 1998. Oh, it was a Lethal Weapon TV series. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. In 2016. Okay. Can't, okay. Well, off the top of your head, can you think of any trilogies? Where the third one's better than the second? Mm. No. Because Home Alone 3 is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the guy from Third Rock from the Sun, the guy with the squinty eyes. He's one of the villains. Revenge of the Sith is better than the first two prequels. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Where would people... I guess Lord of the Rings, it's pretty commonly accepted that the second one is... I've never the, watched them. Pretty oh, sure the second one took the most awards. Okay. So I'm going to defer to that. What about to- Harry Potter 3? Toy you? Story 3 is better than Toy Story 2. It is. It's better than the first one, but it's better than the second one. Yep. That ending. Holy shit. Well, not that so much the ending. That part where you think they're going to die. Yeah. Oh, could you almost argue that the Bourne Ultimatum is better than the Bourne Supremacy? Yep. Because like, particularly that scene where he's in the fucking airport... Talking that journalist way through. Born Ultimatum is a damn good movie. Taken 3 is not as good as... Oh, it could be better than Taken 2, maybe. But to- Taken's are all the same. They are, largely. It's hard to tell. What about... Um, uh, see, I haven't seen them, but Mission Impossible? Uh, yes. The third one is... Uh, I mean, it's no longer a trilogy, really. But yeah, yeah. The, the number 2 is the weak link in that series. Okay. Number 3, Philip Seymour Hoffman. So it instantly elevates it to a whole new level. That'll do. That's enough. That is enough. Next question. I just came across one. The World of a Pooh. Oh, well, I just type movie trilogies, and there's one here called The World of Apu. As in APU or of Apu? No, no APU. Okay. Uh, oh, this is going back a little bit to Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 2, so Who? Brad's a little bit behind in episodes. Mm-hmm. She was saying when Lisa... Uh, she or he? He, sorry, yeah. was saying that when Lisa says the DNA must have, uh, was right, it must have been, oh, Dad, yeah, remember yeah, yeah. we had a little yep. bit of a hard time with the reading of that line. He always thought that she'd figured it out at that point and was saying, as a subtext, the DNA was right. It must have been Maggie. Oh, Dad's in trouble. So she... Mm. But I don't necessarily think that because she still doesn't say you pointed to... Like, she doesn't come in about you pointed to MS until after Burns has said that. That said, it also explains why she runs to the hospital to stop the mob, saying my dad wouldn't hurt a fly because she knows he's innocent. It's not wrong. No. No, it's not. It's certainly not the worst theory that I've ever. It's um, an explanation. Come That's all that counts. Thanks for writing in. Was that Brad? Was it? That was Brad Wrestler. Thank you, Wrestler Ari. Well, I won't spell the whole name, but not like Wrestler. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dave Cook. Hi guys, Dave here. Just a quick fact find for you off the back of Bart sells his soul. Great call out for the continuity where the comic book guy seems to know Bart's name. He think that maybe uh, doesn't, doesn't seem to know. You mean? 
Uh, yeah, remember where we said like Bart? Oh, it's your Bart Simpson. Says, oh, it's Bart Simpson. Yeah, because he doesn't know his name. Because he shouldn't know his yeah, name yeah. at this point. So, no, but my argument was he should know his name. Oh, really? Was that your argument? Because he, how many times has he dealt with Bart? And your your response was that, well, he's never actually he's never asked for his spoken, name. He's never asked for his name because Dave Cook is saying that uh, he thinks that it's the moment that actually lets the comic book guy know who he is because later in the Canine Mutiny he calls Bart out on his bullshit by name. So yes, a, a pardon true. me, Santos, if that's your real name, Bart Simpson, but your phony credit card is no good here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm confused. Maybe he does know him. Maybe he doesn't. <laughs> but that is a good theory. <laughs> um, someone named Jeanette has sent through an email saying, you've changed. You two are hardly recognizable in your latest YouTube video. That's entirely <laughs> a visual, but it's two guys that look <laughs> vaguely like us. And they're talking about The Simpsons. Talking about Treehouse of Horror, is it? Treehouse of Horror title sequence Watch through. Yeah. That's us in 20 years. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, like your post kid, the guy on the left still hasn't had one. Old. Actually, this guy does look, if I put my, if I went back to wearing glasses, he does look a fair bit like me. Hey, you that guy from The Hangover? <laughs> um, all right. I think that's it. We haven't got questions. It's just people writing stuff in. Which um, we like. Tom Good McConnell. Let's go with this. Tom McConnell, uh, my mobile data is all gone, but to a good cause. Hey, guys, mm. been listening to you guys for about three months now after a mate uh, was hounding me about having to give it a go. He'd never listened to a podcast ever before, so making the step to actually sit down and listen wasn't one to take lightly. Mm-hmm. All he can say is that he's glad that he did. On the flip side, he, blow through, he blew through all his data plus another 40 bucks in the first month. Ooh. That's, uh, that's a little bit sad. We can appreciate you're not a patron. You've already spent enough. Yeah. <laughs> So, he, he just wanted to send this in to paraphrase Kent Brockman. Now, at the risk of being unpopular, this listener places all the blame for this squarely on you, the creators. <laughs> it was worth it, though, wasn't it? It was. Tom just got his book. Tom, if you're in Australia, touch base with us. Um, we'll sign a copy of the book for you. We'll figure out postage. That'll be some way to alleviate your $40 pain. Yes. Anyway, I'm wrapping the mailbag up all on right. that note because it's uh, 31 degrees despite being quarter past 10 at night and I'm getting gloriously sweaty. 36 in this room, I reckon, at least. Yeah, and um, I'm going to go put that moisture to good use and slither my way down the hallway. I've always thought that if I got a run-up, I could use your hallway as a slip and slide. I've done it before. It works. Yeah, good. Just open the door for me. It'll be like home alone. Go straight home out. alone, yes. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Thanks for listening to our review, Treehouse of Horror 6. Next week, we're going to be reviewing... Oh! It's one of my favourites. I don't want to look like a weirdo. Just give me the moomoo. Ah, oh, king size Homer. I might eat a lot of food between now and then, just but in celebration. The whole podcast was eating. We have to wear moomoos. Yeah, 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 and eat some play-doh. And bring your fat guy hat. Yeah, okay, I'll bring that. <laughs> I'll have a good bird. My lips are. Aw- uh, I had a drinking bird, but it broke. But you can find them. They're like mind games and that sort of thing. I think. And I'll constantly push Y E S throughout <laughs> the entire podcast. But thanks for listening, guys. And listen to next week for King Size Homer. If you're a fan of the show and you want to support us. Patreon's the best way. For $2 plus, you get access into exclusive podcasts. For $1, you get access into the draw. This month, we're giving away a, par- a pair of Simpsons Converse mm-hmm. that are pretty awesome. We've got Batman across them. Limited edition shoes. Never been worn. These are brand new. Yes. Not in the box. $5 plus patrons get access into the exclusive Four Finger Discount Facebook group. <laughs> Never been worn, but they have been tried on and were disappointingly <laughs> not my size. <laughs> also, what did we just review, Mitch, for Patreon? We just reviewed the Simpsons Futurama crossover, yeah. Simpsorama. So for just $2 plus per month, you get access into that, plus many more reviews all on Four Finger Discount's Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash discount. Next week, King's Eyes Home of it. For now, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Nope. Just going to go tuck into some erotic cakes. Shh.
next week on Four Finger Discount. I heard your dad went into a restaurant and ate everything in the restaurant and they had to close the restaurant. Hey, my dad may have gained a little weight, but he's not some kind of food-crazed maniac. Uh, uh, oh, the raspberry. <laughs>